Welcome to this Jeremy Bamber and White House Farm podcast season two. In this episode, we explore the evidence regarding the condition of Sheila Kafal's feet, and in particular, the blood contamination. Based on the evidence of Essex Police, the Crown told the jury that Sheila's feet were free from any blood. They argued that it proved Sheila could not have walked around the house and from the kitchen to the main bedroom and then within the main bedroom itself without getting any blood on her feet. The evidence presented at trial in relation to these issues has been relied upon ever since by police inquiries and even at the Court of Appeal in 2002. However, the evidence now reveals the police and the Crown are responsible for deceiving the court because Sheila did have blood on the sole of her left foot. So at the trial, the defence, the judge, the jury, even police inquiries and the 2002 appeal have been seriously misled. After the 6th of September 1985, DSI Michael Ainsley was assigned as a senior investigation officer. He wrote reports for the Director of Public Prosecutions, also known as the DPP, setting out the evidence for the DPP to use in deciding to charge Jeremy Bamber with murder. Ainsley wrote two reports. The first dated the 25th of September, which set out the argument that Jeremy should be charged with five counts of murder. The second report was dated the 7th of November and included all the information to date that Essex police hoped would persuade the DPP there was enough to commit Jeremy for trial. In his report dated the 7th of November, Ainsley stated that the police failed to realise the significance of Sheila's appearance, i.e. relatively clean, hands and nails, immaculate, feet clear of blood. Ainsley appears to have based this assertion on the evidence provided by two witnesses in their statements. Chief Inspector Ivor Montgomery from the Force Support Unit, who had attended the scene, stated that I also noticed how clean her feet were, both top and bottom, so much so that it drew one's attention to them. PC Woodcock also gave evidence in September that Sheila had blood leaking from both sides of her mouth and down her cheeks. The soles of her feet were spotlessly clean. But oddly, in his post-mortem notes created on the 7th of August 1985, Professor Venesis, the pathologist, failed to make any comments whatsoever about the appearance of Sheila's legs or feet in relation to the level of blood contamination. Nor did he make any observations in his witness statement written that day or in a later statement written during September. In fact, the first time Venesis mentions anything slightly resembling evidence regarding the level of contamination on Sheila's feet was in notes made during a prosecution meeting at Huntingdon Laboratory on the 24th of April 1986. Present at this meeting were Anthony Arledge and Andrew Munday for the Crown, DSI Ainsley, DI Cook, DS Jones and Mr Sullivan, Principal Legal Officer for the DPP. The minutes from the meeting state, Dr V, blood only part of way down, nothing to show she was walking about. However, this still falls far short of describing Sheila's feet or blood contamination on them. The first time Venesis spoke about Sheila's feet specifically was when he said they were spotlessly clean during his evidence at the trial. By the time of the post-trial Dickinson inquiry, immediately after the conclusion of the trial, 
Venesis was shown photographs of Sheila and commented that she had a lack of blood on her legs and top of feet. Noticeably, Venesis now failed to indicate the state of the soles of Sheila's feet. At trial, a number of Essex police officers were asked about their observations of Sheila. One such officer was DC Hammersley. The evidence now reveals that Hammersley did not attend the scene until the 8th of August 1985 and that the fourth Scenes of Crimes officer was in fact DC Henderson. Why Essex Police had to substitute the presence of DC Henderson for that of Hammersley has never been explained. Did DC Henderson refuse to go along with out-and-out lies and as a result was removed from the case? Taking into account that Hammersley was not at the scene on the 7th of August 1985, all the evidence he provided at the trial in relation to this day is fabricated. He had been provided with information which he then relayed to the jury as if it was his own personal observation. Asked if there was blood or debris on Sheila's feet and legs, Hammersley stated that her feet appeared to have no blood on them and were clear of debris. Justice Drake immediately asked, Well, that is the feet, what about the legs? He replied, Well, there didn't appear to be any debris, my lord, on the legs at all. Mr Monday asked, Any sign of blood staining? Justice Drake jumped in a second time and inquired, Or blood staining that would purely be on the front of the legs? But Hammersley need not have worried about how he could possibly answer this question because before he had the opportunity to respond, Andrew Monday interrupted, saying that he wanted to return the discussion to the kitchen. He said, I want to go back to the kitchen now. At the close of the defence arguments, the judge presented his summing up to the jury. This was supposed to be an unbiased summary of all the evidence the jury had been presented with during the course of the trial. However, not far from the end of his summing up, the judge, Justice Drake, stated on no fewer than five separate occasions over eight pages of his review that Sheila had no blood on her feet. He expressed this in multiple ways. At page 84, he said, Then another point is that when she was found dead, there were no blood marks on her feet, on the soles of her feet. Well, you may think, that is a matter of considerable importance because if she had been involved in the fighting with her father as well as killing her mother, surely it is inconceivable that her feet would have been clean in the way that they were found to be. A page later, Drake said, As to this suggestion that she may have washed, well, it is a matter to which I am sure you will give thought because it may be an important part of the evidence in this case that her hands and feet did not bear upon them either the blood on the feet or marks from the bullets on the hands that one might have been expecting. And on the next page again, Drake told the jury, her feet and hands were clean. Again, just four pages later, I have reminded you of the facts, and it is a fact that when she was found, she had no marks of blood on the soles of her feet. Then, finally, he said, merely a flight of fantasy to suggest that she 
after killing her father, fighting with him in the kitchen, and after killing the others, then washed her feet. Even in the 2002 appeal, the judges continued this myth as set out in their judgment, in which they stated at paragraph 47 that the firearms officers who were the first to see her body noted that her feet and hands were perfectly clean. And again at paragraph 151, her hands and feet were clean. In 2012, the Criminal Cases Review Commission obtained partial disclosure of the case and post-mortem photographs from Essex Police in order that copies at a higher resolution than the originals could be produced for the defence. The subsequent examination of these limited photographs reveal that Sheila had multiple areas of blood staining on the sole of her left foot. The contaminated areas included her heel, instep, ball of the foot and toe. The defence then provided two enlargements to the Daily Mail via campaigner Andrew Hunter. One was an enlarged section of a post-mortem photograph disclosed to the defence by Essex Police. The other was an enlarged section of a photograph taken by Essex Police in the main bedroom on the morning of the 7th of August 1985. On seeing this evidence published in the national press, the former DSI Ainsley, possibly in anticipation of a submission being made to the Criminal Case Review Commission by the defence, undertook to have his own forensic report produced using photographs he still retained in his personal possession. Former DSI Ainsley provided images to the author of the report, a Mr Lynch, but it's not known which images these were. Clearly, they weren't all of the images which are available. Or why sensitive case photographs were retained in the possession of a former police officer as late as 2014. Mr Lynch contended in his report that the images relied upon the defence in the article were fake. However, these images had been supplied to the defence by the Criminal Cases Review Commission and were therefore genuine. Disclosure of the case photographs is an ongoing issue. There are no photographs disclosed of the sole of Sheila's right foot. Is this because there is even more blood contamination on the right than there is on the left? This would certainly allow the defence to further dispel the evidence of Essex Police that Sheila's feet were spotlessly clean. It also supports the argument that she'd been alive and active in the house whilst Jeremy Bamba was outside with the police, thus demonstrating that she was responsible for the murders. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to do something to help Jeremy Bamba, then sign our online petition to the Home Secretary for the disclosure of case documents still withheld by Essex Police. Visit www.change.org and search for Jeremy Bamba. And don't forget to share the link with your friends and family. Thank you.